Yo, 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 welcome to the committee podcast or TCP. I am Love Killer Trey, uh, kicking it with the homie Marcus Sniffles. So today we do have a couple of, uh, well, actually a few hot takes that we'd like to uh, get off just for this week. Um, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. This is Marcus Sniffles from Twitter. All right, man. <laughs> well, to start it off, um, I don't know where this came from, but somewhere people, they were kind of saying American Gangster, uh, the uh, soundtrack, which um, some people think is the greatest soundtrack of all time uh, versus the Black Panther soundtrack, which is another all time great. Um, so I guess I'll start out with uh, with you, Marcus. What are, What's your take on that as far as being uh, versus one another? Well, I, I originally saw this on uh, South Freeze's timeline. He posted like a poll saying which one was better, the uh, Black Panther soundtrack versus the American Gangster soundtrack. And as of right now, the Black Panther soundtrack was winning. And that just shows me that there's just a lot of young people that haven't seen American Gangster or listened oh to that album. Like, I mean, that, it came out, when did this come out? 2007? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It came out late 2007. Black Panther, you know, came out last year. It was, you know, one of the hottest movies. the The album was produced by the the best rapper currently. So, I mean, I get it, but that just showed me that okay, this was more of a popularity contest and a little bit of recency bias, and not what is actually great music, you know, or even a great soundtrack. Because I mean, there's some albums that are great, but it doesn't really encompass what the movie is about and for me i mean american gangster does all of that for me like i can listen to american gangster and get the idea of what the movie is trying to portray in the ups and downs and the storyline without having to watch the actual movie and i don't feel like you can do that with black panther and i think the black panther soundtrack is also great but as a soundtrack it's i think it's lacking Mm. my thoughts on it um i actually think american gangster is a top three jay-z album easily easily for sure uh one of the like i said earlier one of the greatest soundtracks of all time uh you are 100 percent correct uh that movie pretty much defines all i mean that soundtrack defines what's going on with the movie like you can listen to that soundtrack and kind of know bit by bit what the movie was about uh, with Black Panther, the first thing, I wonder did people, because I know younger people, and there's a bit of an issue with reading comprehension sometimes. So, and no offense to the young people, I have a little brother, and sometimes, like, you'll tell him exactly what it is, and he'll still have to ask questions. It's like he won't get it. So, shout out to you, Nick. So, I would wonder if they were asking what was the better, if they were thinking what was the better movie instead of what was the better soundtrack. Because to me, although Black Panther, it did have some heat on it. I mean, it's not too many songs that are rememberable. Uh, to me, the most rememberable thing was the la di da di da slap on my nub, you know, and all that. Exactly. <laughs> that was Classic. Classic bars. It was that. That's like the that's the the one thing that endears is 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 that one bar by future. Um, overall, I mean, I think it's it's good, but I I just can't put it up there with American Gangster. The only soundtrack that I can even say would possibly be better than American Gangster is maybe the Soul Food soundtrack, which was really good. Um. Beyond that, I mean, American Gangster, it, it's a classic album, in my opinion. Like I said, it to me, no no cap, as they say, it's Jay-Z's best work, in my opinion. Like, I can run that CD straight through, moving and grooving. I love that CD. Black Panther has a lot of tracks on it that are skippable. Had some stuff that's pretty cool, but... Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, I'm looking at the track list right now. And, and, like, there's songs that are good, but if you look at it in the sense of, like, all right, this is from a movie, 
where do you put this song in context with the movie? And like the song I Am by Georgia Smith, and I love Georgia Smith. Like this is this is where I pretty much like I don't want to say I discovered her because I heard her on other things previously. Mm-hmm. But after I heard this song, I was like, all right, well, let me go check her out. Because I've heard her on some other things that I really like her. So I'm going to check her out. So this isn't a diss to her at all. But I hear that song and I'm like, okay, where does this fit in the movie? Where would this have played at? And I don't really think it fits anywhere. Like, you know, Bloody Waters is a really good song. I don't really think it fits. Uh, Big Shot, like, Pray For Me. Like, okay, well, all, let me all ask the you stars, this. like, it, all these songs are good, but they don't fit the movie. If it was a standalone album and it was this was just a Kendrick Lamar album, where would you rate this uh in in contrast to the some of his other work? Like, do you think this is one of the Ooh. best Kendrick Lamar albums? Because because I made that statement about the Jay-Z nah. winning. I mean, this American Gangster and Blueprint, they're real close. For me, Black Panther as an album of Kendrick Lamar's is probably in the last place honestly i mean i know section 80 is not considered an actual album but it would be even below that it, it'd be far down the line in my opinion well i think the only the main difference between like the black panther soundtrack and the american gates soundtrack is the uh the black panther soundtrack is more of a collaborative effort like kendrick lamar is he's on every song or he at least has like a you know a um, vocals on there mm-hmm. but it's huh, I mean I don't know if you could really consider it like a Kendrick Lamar album if you were to consider it an actual Kendrick Lamar album you'd have to look at it in the way that like Jay-Z did his uh, Rock Lock Familiar album where it was like it's technically his album but it's mostly to showcase his other you know label mates or signees and stuff like that Yeah, but I mean if you're if you're comparing the Black Panther soundtrack to like you said, like Section Eighty, Good Kid, Bad City, to Pimp a Butterfly, and Damn, like I'm I'm putting it at last place, honestly. Like it's not, it might be up there, maybe with Section Eighty, but I, the the fact that I'm not sure kind of makes me put Section Eighty ahead of it. Although I, if I had to guess, I think King's Dead is probably it might be better than any song or it might be better than the best song on section 80 well, actually i don't know rigor mortis is on there that's a pretty, that's mm. a pretty he kind of ripped that uh, yeah black and, and that's the thing black panther the best soundtrack the best song on that soundtrack i think is uh king's dead yeah and yeah, i mean it's it's i mean king's dead is a dope song and, and that that actually it fits the storyline, but it doesn't really fit the feel of the movie. But I mean, there's a lot of there's. I mean, I don't want this to come off as like you know I hate the Black Panther soundtrack because there's actually like outside of Georgia Smith, like Sob and RBE, I went and went through their discography. I'm a fan of theirs now, so there's a lot of artists that I discovered that I didn't really know of. Oh yeah, that I now that I'm now fans of because of this album. So I'm not gonna say this album didn't do you know, good things and didn't uh, introduce um, me to new artists and didn't put other people on. But when we're talking about like, not even like we talk about great albums and then great soundtracks. Like if you listen to the song, like every song on here tells the story of that movie. And like, I'm looking at the track list right now. Like the, I mean, it's pray American dream and hello. Like, Prey is pretty much him starting off where it's like, yo, you're down. You're you're just trying to, to you're you're hoping for a way out. You're looking for a way out. You're almost, you know, I don't want to say you're begging, but you know, you're praying. It's I mean, that's that's how most uh movies like that start out. You started at the bottom, the American dream, and he's he's dreaming of like, I I want to be better than where I'm at. I want to do better, I want to get to the top. And do all these things. Hello, Brooklyn. No hook. Rock Boys. Winner. That's like sweet. That's like that's me making it. That's like I'm I'm rising to the top. I'm I'm getting to where I want to be at. Uh, sweet. I know. Party life. That's you enjoying 
what you've accomplished. That's you know, hey, you uh, take reaping the benefits. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a great album. Like, and then you get to like ignorant shit and say hello. That's the part of the movie where it's like now you're at the top. Now people are coming after you, just like oh yeah. When, when he got to the top, people are starting to you know take shots at him. People are starting to use his own product against, not against them, but they're using his product and changing the names and all this stuff. And now you're going back at people trying to defend your name and defend your honor and stuff like that. Uh, or am I at success falling? Like success is like, all right, you've gotten success, but at what cost? Falling the same type of thing where it's like now you're down at the bottom and everything that you thought that you wanted, everybody that you thought that was down for you, they're now gone. Like there's just nobody left and it's just you. Just like in the movie, where at the end of the movie, Frank Lucas walks out of the out of prison. He finally gets out. He doesn't have any money. He doesn't have the fancy clothes. He doesn't have the the empire. The, he's not a kingpin anymore. He's got nothing. And that's what Fallen is. And I mean, and then the, the, the feel of it, how it still has that same old school feel. Yep. Because Black, Pan- Black Panther doesn't have it. It has it on a few songs where it has like that African... Uh, Caribbean type vibes to it. Mm-hmm. The American Gangster soundtrack is like all you know, mostly samples, old school music. Oh yeah, uh, like that soul music from that seventies, uh, eighties. Yeah, from that time, and they use that and they incorporated that into this album. So it's like for people to go out and put freaking uh, Black Panther above American Gangster is. I, I would just encourage people to to listen to that album, honestly. Like, just go back. You don't even have to watch the movie. If you listen to the album, it tells the entire story. Black Panther doesn't do that. Nah, it doesn't at all. Okay, so let me ask you this. So if King's Dead is the top song from Black Panther, what would be your top song from American Gangster? And then is the... is King's Dead better than that best song. Oh man. Um best song from American Gangster. Just in your opinion. Um I think Party Life. I think Party Life really embodies what uh what they were trying to convey from that album and the movie. I'd go with Party Life and it's not he's not really rapping rapping. Like I think the raps on King's Dead are very strong from everybody. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think it's a better song than uh, Party Life. Yeah, my, my best song on American Gangster is it's between Party Life and Say Hello. Say Hello is my jam. Like, I, I, I'll never go a year goes. without playing that song. When Genesis don't exist, tell them that's when I stop saying bitch, bitch. Love that part. Yes. I love the whole song, actually. Um, and I just think that it, it it just washes anything on Black Panther. It's the whole album is just great. Like to me, with American Gangster, like I said, for Jay-Z to be in an all-time great rapper, probably easily top three all time, maybe even the one. Um, and I think this is possibly his best work overall. But um, yeah, a- any additional thoughts on the, it seems like we're kind of on one accord with the American Gangster and Black Panther. Any additional thoughts on that one? Nah, I mean, I, I would just encourage people to go back and listen to American Gangster. Like it, like you said, it's probably one of Jay-Z's best three albums. Like when we're talking like rapping, production, uh, storytelling. Storytelling is a really big one for this album. Like I feel, I feel like this, this and like Reasonable Doubt are Jay Z's best like storytelling albums. Oh, so if you if you haven't if you haven't listened to American Gangster, go and listen to that. I'm a I, I'm gonna re-listen to it probably today or tomorrow because it's it's a great album. Heck yeah, it is. Now going from great albums to pure trash. I don't know if they've even released the young lady's name, but I know a couple of photos have been released and the girl is underage. But um, in this week in times or this past week and a half, two weeks, maybe. This girl. A black girl at that, which is just damn it. 
you know, we're, we're trying to do a lot to change things and change the narrative. And this Niga goes into some what looks like a Walmart, opens up a can of the finest butter pecan or, or some weird Rocky Road flavor that us niggas like, and s- proceeds to stick her tongue in the ice cream. What the fuck are you doing, ma'am? Like I said, just ruining everything for us as black people. Set us back another two years. Now you have cops guarding stuff, people making memes. It's funny, stuff like that. She's actually facing, she's been found. Twitter did its thing. She's facing a lot of time. 20 years, $10,000 fine. I'm just, when I seen this video initially, I was so floored. Like, first I was like, wait a minute now. Why don't they put like plastic over the ice creams? Um, and I never really thought about that. I think it, and you know, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. I think May Mayfield or either Tillamook, I think they do have like a plastic cover over theirs. But I'm like, damn, I eat bluebell. What if somebody stuck their finger in their butt and spread it across my ice cream or, or licked my ice cream or spit in it or put their nose in it or just anything? I just was like. Man, this is disgusting. This is absolutely atrocious. Marcus, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> it's so disgusting, man. It's so disgusting. Like, why? Why do this? And it's like, have you not been into a Walmart Walmart before? Like, they have cameras everywhere. It's not like it's not like you went to a mom and pop shop where they, you know, they got the one camera watching the door. Like these big uh, uh, supermarket chains, they got cameras everywhere. Waiting on y'all to do some dumb shit everywhere, and I hope um, that, and I hope the person that recorded this is getting in trouble too, because I'm sick of y'all. I'm sick of these niggas, man. I'm sick. You know, there's a song out by one or two or three of the Migos. The, the you do anything for clout, they do anything for clout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like th- this applies to this this scenario. Like, and then we go from that. And I understand she's facing the charges, and which we'll get into in just a second. I'm going to circle back around and talk about the stiffness of these charges. But then you got the, the, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, so I'm sorry, LBGTQTIAA uh, community. But you have something goes in another Walmart or CVS and drinks out of a bottle of Listerine and spits it right back in there with the cash. That shit made me sick. You bitches could never. And I'm just like, bro, what is like, (laughs) I just cannot get, I can't get it out of my head. Like, that is so nasty. Like, why would you do that and not buy it and put it right back on the shelf? It, it, I hate I hate all of them. I hate them all. I do too. And and my thing is they talk so much about pressing charges on her. They need to press charges on him. And then there's another person that did the ice cream licking thing too. And it's like just just get them all. Get them all. Get them out of these streets. Um the one thing about it, I mean, when you when you do stuff like chasing clout, man, it's only just for a small amount of time. Then you'll turn right back into your regular ass lives. Why do this stuff? Now this girl is facing 20 years, which I mean, when I found out she was underage, of course, she. I would hope that she doesn't get 20 years. I do think that it does need to be a stiff fine and a hell of a lot of community service um, and maybe some jail time, like 30 days or something like that. Honestly, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if she got jail time because I mean that stuff is pretty serious. Like we don't y'all don't, we don't know what she we don't know what she has. You know, that mono, and yeah. It, yeah, I mean it's it's also one of those things where it's like, are you punishing the person for what they did, or are you going to punish them for what could have happened? Because I mean, what she did was she licked that ice cream, and she claims. She bought that ice cream. If that's the right, it's it's sick that I have to even you know remember. Is this the right? Because so many people are doing this, but I'm pretty sure it was her who said that she licked an ice cream and then paid for it. So if we're gonna punish her for that, that's not really a crime. 
But like I said, we don't know if she actually bought that ice cream. But if she licked that ice cream and put it back, the crime that, like, the things that could occur. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't know what she has. We don't know what kind of disease, like, what's uh, you know, contagious, what she, like, where she's been. Did she just come out from out of the country? Was she in the Dominican Republic? Like, all these things could happen. There's a lot of things that could you know, go bad as a result of her doing that. So are we going to punish her for that? And I mean, it's a lot. And it's just, I, I, I'm kind of with you on this. Like, I wish, I, I hope there's a steep, steep enough penalty or punishment that everybody else is like, you know what? Ain't worth it. I don't mm. want to do this no more. And it should be. I mean, I, I just... I just was floored, like when I first seen it, I was like, "Really? This is this is the new flex, as they say. This is what we're doing. We're gonna lick ice cream and put it back on the shelf." And I know uh, somebody had made like a, a gift slash video or something like that about, "Oh, well, you know, that's why your mother always taught you to always get the one in the back." It, it really just doesn't matter, regardless of the fact she shouldn't have licked the ice cream. Um, I mean, I think the her getting 20 years would be a bit excessive, but like I said, I do feel like she does. It shouldn't just be a slap on the wrist. It should be, you know, something like 200 hours of community service. Uh, she needs to be evaluated mentally, 30 to 60 days in jail, like she or juvenile detention facility, whatever the case may be. And I know a lot of times I pride myself in protecting our own as a black person. But this is something that I can't protect you on. Like, you are a nasty bitch. Like, just honest. I don't care if you're underage or not. That was disgusting. And you just don't do stuff like that. I'm just floored. Um, So transitioning from that to something that was a success for us for the weekend and and, um, for, for the week. We have Holly Bailey has been cast to play Ariel or Ariel Ariel in the little mermaid. And I know for me personally, I do like when we do go back and put like a different spin and add diversity to these things. Like to me, it, um, it, it's just really cool. Like, um, I know, like, going back, the Black Panther caused such a huge uproar. I remember Spanish people were saying, well, why isn't there, like, a Spanish <laughs> Spanish Panther? Or why isn't there a White Panther or whatever, <laughs> Brown Panther? But, you know, and then with the, um, even Will Smith and just being the genie, um, you know, Robin Williams was a genie. It wasn't live action. He did such a hell of a job. But even just to see, you know, some representation of us in these movies really does mean a lot because, you know, we go on for years. I mean, I think we grew up in the golden era for like cartoons and Disney movies and things like that. And a lot of the characters were white until, you know, the princess and the frog where we finally got, you know, to see a black princess. And I think that really did mean a lot. And I do like the fact that they are going in this direction with the Little Mermaid. And I don't know who's Ursula yet. Um, you know, I heard rumors of, of this and that. But uh, regardless, with her being black, I think that's a that's a good thing. It's a good look. What I don't like and what we'll get into is uh, now the hate groups have come out and you know, now they're just being angry about this one character. And it's not like she's even a dark-skinned girl. She's light-skinned. I'm not sure of her total background, but I'm sure that she's mixed somewhere down the line. I mean, look at her hair. I don't understand why people make such a big deal out of things like this. Like, if you're Black, you can't have anything, like, at all. Like, what in the world? And then to to go forward and then say, okay, well, because of her melanin, um, she wouldn't be able to be that dark and be underwater and blah, blah, blah. Bruh, I've never even seen a mermaid before. How do we become, you know, everybody's an oceanographist or whatever, studied oceanography? And then- Because they're not real. 
Oh yeah, and then somebody they <laughs> again they um they pulled up the uh, cartoon series on Disney from '92, and there was a Black Mermaid by the name of Gabrielle on there, and so we've had Black Mermaids before. But anyway, I, I'm gonna I got a little long winded there. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Marcus? I I don't really I don't understand it. Like I. If I would have heard like they were making a remake to the Little Mermaid, like a live action, I don't I don't think I would have saw it. Like I know they, they made a live action uh remake of the jungle book. I saw that, which was really good. They did a remake uh live action of Aladdin. I saw uh, that Beauty and the Beast too. I didn't see that one. I didn't see Beauty. I heard it was actually good, but I didn't see it. So I mean yeah. for me, I'm not I'm not the, the core audience here. And I'm, I mean, I don't know if my kids are because we haven't, we haven't seen any, any like Disney movies with them because they're, they're still too young to like go to theaters and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm not the core audience here. If they, if they said that, hey, we're doing a live action, uh, Little Mermaid, but, uh, she's going to be white, I, I don't think I would have cared, honestly. Yeah. But the fact that she is black and the fact that it is making people this upset. I am going to see this movie now. <laughs> I'm yeah. for sure gonna. I'm for sure gonna support this movie now since it's, since I yeah. see it's making people mad because a fictional character happens to be black now. And it's just like, why are y'all so mad? It's I a don't fictional know character. It, did you see Passions of the Christ? Yes. Okay, that whole movie. There was one, uh, maybe black person. Oh, we can do. We can do yeah. this. We could do it, this real quick. The whole movie, it was one, and we he happened to be a demon. We can do this. Yeah, we can do this. Because here's the thing. Like, the Little Mermaid, that character, her color, her race, her ethnicity doesn't change anything about the story. Like, it literally doesn't matter. Because where they're, where are they? They're in the ocean somewhere. Like, it doesn't really matter what her race is. So to be, So for specifically white people to be so upset about this when for decades they've had every disney princess look like them mm-hmm. you know is it's it's annoying and it's the same old stuff that they they continue to do but let's let's look at things that white people tend to not complain about <laughs> and that's and that is when hollywood decides to cast a white person as someone who is a person of color we can look at movies like The Last Airbender. That's a movie yeah. based off of an Asian uh, cartoon series. The entire main cast was white. Oh, yeah. Tonto and the Lone Ranger. Tonto is a Native American. Johnny Depp played him. Uh, what else? The um, fucking, the, the, the ancient one from Doctor Strange. She is an Asian woman. Hollywood casted a white woman to play her. The oh. Prince of Persia is an African. Oh. Jake Gyllenhaal, Ghost in the Shell, a Japanese woman or a Chinese woman, an Asian woman. Who do who does Hollywood sign up for it? Scarlett Johansson. Mm. Let's the the great okay. There's a movie called The Great Wall. When we talk about great oh. walls, we think about China. And when you think about China, you think about Chinese people. And what did Hollywood do? They decided to cast Matt Damon as the lead character in that movie. Well, I thought it was Tom Cruise. I'm sorry. I'm no, 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 that's, no, no, no. That's the other one. That's The Last Samurai. Oh, so, yeah. That, okay. Okay. I yeah, got <laughs> Yeah. And then there's, there's, and like you said, every movie that has been based in Africa or Egypt, Hollywood has casted <laughs> nothing but white people. And here, and here's the most egregious one. There was a movie about, uh, well, there's a story, a real, this is based on events, based on real people's lives and experiences. It's a, it's a, a story about a group of Asian kids that went to Vegas and did the whole counting cards, uh, money, yeah, counting cards and, and beating the system out in Vegas. So when Hollywood paid for the rights to that movie and ad- adaptation, they cast all the main characters as white people. And that's based off of a true story of 
Asian people. Like, that's real life. And they decided, nope, white people. Let's get some white faces in there. And 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 we're not, and this is and this is ignoring the history of blackface in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Or yellow face or brown face, where they have white people playing Asians and uh, Middle Eastern people and black people. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot. And y'all want to complain about this? You know, they want to complain about, well, why is the entire cast of Black Panther black people? Where are the white people? Where's my representation? Do you know how many uh, MCU movies came out before Black Panther? And do you know how many of them had a black person as a lead? Do you know how many of them had a woman as a lead? A majority, like, what? Uh, like seventy percent of the MCU are white males named Chris. Mm-hmm. But you need more representation. They made like fifteen movies before they made Black Panther. Get over yourself. The Little Mermaid is not real. It's not. <laughs> She's not real. And I just she's a fake character. And I'm glad that you were able to sit down and go through all the different uh, movies and uh, tell or television series or any, anything out there that they have had that they have just completely changed it to fit whatever they want to do. And no one bats an eye. Um, no one says a word, you know. And then they come out with, okay, we're going to have a white person play Black Panther. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Okay, whatever, guys. I mean, at the end of the day, with some of it, like I know somebody like penciled her in like super dark skin, super big lips, stuff like that, which looks nothing like the actual girl. And I just all I could do was laugh. It, it reminded me of the the Nigger Panther movie. Yes, it did. <laughs> like I saw it, and I just started laughing. Like I'm like, okay, this is just so out of control. All I could do is laugh. And I just, yeah, I, 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 did, guess, I did think of that too. Yeah, I, 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 I'll never understand why they just won't let us have anything. But, you know, it is what it is. I guess. I mean, it, yeah. I feel like this wouldn't have been a big deal had people not been so mad, where it's just like, oh, hashtag not my aerial. Like, it's it's so dumb. Like, it, it costs you nothing to have to let a minority have some sort of representation when it comes to these movies. Like, especially like, I know it's not the end all be all, but it does matter that little, little black girls can go to a movie with a Disney princess and see someone that looks like them. It's, Mm -hmm. it is, it, it means something, you know, it boosts their confidence. It gives them, you know, a little bit more courage or whatever. It does something for them. And I, and I get it. And if you're a parent that has a white daughter and you're like, well, what about my kid? Why don't you go through the hundred years of Disney movies and, you know, thousands of years of history? And you'll I'm sure you'll be able to find one white character that your daughter can look up to. And like, this- we can. How, how many how many black princesses are there? There's an Ariel. That's one. Uh, technically, yeah. Shuri. Shuri counts as one. Technically. Um, oh well, yeah. What's what's that? Uh, I don't know the girl. Tiana. Name, the, Tiana, I think. From the Princess and the Frog. Yeah. She was a she was a frog like ninety percent of the movie. So I mean, there's that. Uh, there's Brandy from Cinderella. So what? That didn't even come so, in, out in theaters. Like that was yeah. a TV oh, show. Yeah. yeah. So so okay. So black girls have four princesses, and white girls have every other one. Except Mulan. Jasmine and Mulan, yep. <laughs> and and actually Moana. That's two because I've seen Moana. So oh, yeah. there there are four black princesses. There's one Asian one. There's one Hawaiian one. The other hundreds and, and of them are white. Can't forget about Jasmine. And Jack. Yeah. Okay. So okay, how about this? Less than ten Disney princesses are people of color. The other hundreds are white women. And this I like is your, I feel like your daughter will be fine. She will be. And this is my thing with it. Let's not act like Disney's not looking into turning a profit. They know black women are going to show up and show out for that movie. Um, I'm pretty sure they'll have costumes on. Little girls be dressed like little mermaids, different stuff like that. And they're going to turn out in droves to go see it because that's what we do. 
Um, if it's something like, remember, even with Black Panther, if it's something yeah. that's us, we're going to support it, that we're going to purposely try to break records doing this. So they know For what sure. they're doing, too. I wouldn't be surprised if they did it on purpose. And they were just like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna cast a black person. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get we're gonna rile up the fan base and we're gonna get this thing popping. Like I wouldn't even be shocked by that. But and like I said, for there are certain characters in like TV shows and movies where the person's race actually matters. Like I watched uh, Scandal, Olivia Pope. You can't make that character uh, any other race besides black because there were certain storylines that wouldn't have worked or wouldn't have made sense if she was anything other than black. The same can be said with like uh, a character like Shaft, because I remember that went around for a while when uh, some person of color got cast for something and white people got upset. They were like, well, what if we casted a white man as Shaft? And it's like, if you, you clearly don't know anything about Shaft, like the history <laughs> of Shaft is <laughs> him fighting the man you can't do that and be white. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how that works. And and, and, and it can go the opposite way. If you look at someone like uh, Edward Norton from American History X, it matters that he is white. He needs to be white in that movie for that movie to work. There's a lot of other characters where the race doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what their race is. It doesn't affect the story. It doesn't affect who they are or what they do. Like, a, a, a good example, uh, James Bond. Like, a lot of people want Idris Elba to be James Bond. And he, honestly, in my opinion, if if Idris Elba was to sign up to play James Bond, he would be the best actor to ever do it. Like, out of all the James Bonds that have signed up to do it, he'd probably be top two. But if you watch any of the James Bond movies, him being white doesn't play that big of a factor into any of the things that he does. Like, he can be black and still do all those things. Oh, so, yeah. so I don't, I don't get the whole. Well, James Bond has to be white. Well, James, like James Bond is a British secret agent. They've had a Scotsman play him. Like, mm-hmm. don't, don't tell me that you, they need to stay true to the character when they've had someone that wasn't British play him. I, just, I, I don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Like, at some point, Hollywood has got to realize that there's more than obviously they're the majority but there's more than just white people going to see movies and watching tv definitely there's money being left on the table so speaking of money left on the table secret agents Mm. Kawhi leonard talk about it ended up with the clippers shocked the basketball world um I don't know if you, you know, if you're more of a first take guy or undisputed or. Uh, I'm, I'm, ne- I'm neither of those guys. Oh, you don't watch any of them? Neither. <laughs> no. But it, everybody was predicting. Like, I remember Chris Broussard said it's a 1% chance that he goes to the Clippers, 90% to the Lakers, and the other to Toronto. And I mean, I, of course, we're not going to go too deep into the whole landscape. But boy, was I shocked that this happened. And it happened in the middle of the night, like a thief in the night. What are your thoughts on Kawhi to the Clippers? I, honestly, I, I thought, yeah, just that's a, a, a throw in. Like, and Paul George is going also. Like, I, I thought that uh, uh, Kawhi was going to stay in Toronto. I thought he was going to do like a two year deal, uh, get to 10 years so he could like really max out on his contract. Because there's 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 not a precedence for someone winning the finals MVP and then leaving to play for another team the next season. That's never happened before. So I was I, I was pretty shocked. And like you said, I went to bed that night and then when I woke up, they said Kawhi Leonard is a clipper. And then I scrolled down Instagram some more and they're like, and Paul George is there. I'm like, wait, what? How was oh, yeah. he like what what is he he's not a free agent? How did he end up in in LA and I, apparently Kawhi made a call like he was going from like he went to the Clippers and Lakers and all these teams. He was just like, yo, I want to play with Paul George. Who who can make this happen? And the Clippers were able to make it happen. And 
it's it's wild because I didn't know Kawhi and Paul George had any type of relationship or anything. Mm-hmm. But like anybody, I don't know anything about Kawhi Leonard. Nobody knows anything about this dude. You know, like yeah. no one, no one knew nothing. His inner circle is so tight that nothing is leaking out. Like with the Lakers, well, I'm not going to go there, but the Clippers <laughs> or, or Kawhi Leonard himself, because his circle is so tight, like no information was able to get out to the media, to the public. Like, like Chris Broussard and Chris Carter and all these other people, they're just speculating, but no one really knew what this guy was thinking. Nobody. And when, I, when I got the message, it, it was like maybe I woke up at like maybe four or five in the morning to get my water. Um, so I get my water, I, I go back and, you know, I was like, okay, well, let me try to fall asleep again. And I'm going to just pick my phone. I'm going to roll over. I'm going to look and see. And uh, one of my homeboys had texted me and he was like, yeah. Kawhi is a clipper and so is PG or, or something like that. And I was like, what PG? Like, what are you talking about? PG, whatever. And I was like, okay, this dude obviously probably went on Twitter. Uh, you know, the, the plethora of fake pages that are out there. Like there's like a fake Woj page and th- there's all kind of fake stuff. So I was like, okay, he's fell. He fell for a trap. I'm just going to roll over, go back to sleep. I wake up 7 a.m. and like I look at my bleacher report and I seen it and I'm like, how in the hell did this happen? Like I was so floored because I just knew from what everybody else was saying there was no way that he would go to the Clippers. I thought I actually thought that he would go to the Lakers potentially. Um, then the reason why I thought that is because it was taking way too long. And when he left Toronto, I was like, okay, well. He's he went there. Drake pitched him the oh yeah you know you could be in on OVO and all that stuff, and then he just left. Boom deuces, and I was just so stunned. And then like later on in the day, once again I'm at work. I'm checking Bleacher Report, and I actually see that Toronto because I felt bad for him could have kept him because they had a deal in place to trade Siakam to OKC for Russ and PG and then they would have kept them. And I was like, wow, man, that's, that's freaking crazy. So now, I mean, I feel bad for Toronto because you know, you leave with nothing, but good. I mean, they're, they're the reigning champions. (laughs) Yeah, they will. (laughs) Well, and, and I will say like the, the longer it took, that's when I started to kind of, I guess speculate like, all right, well, he's probably leaving Toronto at this point. Like he's already made all his rounds and it's kind of taken a long time. Like normally if you're just going to resign with the team, you kind of make that announcement pretty quickly. Like you just kind of, ah, I'm staying. But once it started taking, like once it got past July 4th, that's when I was just like, all right, well, he's probably leaving. And I, I had no idea where he was going to go. Uh, I think it's good for the NBA and it, it kind of goes, to my uh my point about not rewarding like bad teams not rewarding bad front offices or mediocre leadership or bad owners like because we remember what the clippers were before with uh donald sterling and how he was as an owner and because he got called up because his mistress released uh that tape of him talking about magic johnson like he lost his team and an and an owner with deeper pockets that kind of stays out of the way, doesn't like get into the whole basketball side of things. He was able to get in there. He got an actual GM, like Jerry West. Like a like I don't Jerry West isn't the GM, but he is a part of their front office. And Jerry mm-hmm. West is part of that Lakers uh foundation with like Colby, Powell, and Shaq. He was part of the foundation in Golden State with Steph, Clay, and uh, uh, Draymond. So they hired him, probably one of the all-time great front office people. They already had Doc Rivers in place. They had the cap space. They have a good, solid team. Like, they deserve to get Kawhi Leonard. They did everything the right way. 
and they deserved Kawhi. Like they, they, I'm not going to say they deserved him. They earned him. They did everything they had to do to get him. And that's from the top to the bottom, from the ownership, front office, coach, players, money, location, fan base, everything that you could want. The Clippers have it. And the Clippers are going to be a, they're going to be a, they're going to be tough defensively. Oh, like if you're, if you're, if you're a point guard, like Steph Curry, Steph Curry's going to have nightmares against this team. Honestly, like first you got Patrick Beverly on you and then you try to do like a pick and roll and they switch. And now you got Paul George on you. Mm. You try to do another pick and roll. You end up with Kawhi on you. Like what the fuck are you supposed to do? How do you score on that team? How? I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a great season. But I'm I'm kind of one of those. I say that every year, and I, I mean, there's a lot of people talking about, oh, well, there's balance in the league, and the league is back, and we don't know. Like those people will be back in the playoffs. Like they're not watching the regular season, so we'll we'll see you in playoff time. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So definitely. Um. So on that, I have nothing else to say about the Kawhi thing. Um. We'll definitely uh, dive deeper into the NBA free agency uh, on a separate show. Um, so we're just going to sum it up today uh, with the music minute with Marcus. So the floor is All right. So, so Revenge of the Dreamers came out uh, this past weekend, this past Friday. I've listened to it maybe, I think, three times. I'm not going to really like give a full-on review of it because I mean I'm not gonna be that person that's like, oh well is it a classic? Is it trash? Is it what I like it's been out for two days. Like I'm a I'm a chill. Uh I think for albums like this, like collaborative albums, like uh record label type albums, I think the main goal is for the casual fan or the someone that's not a fan of a lot of these people or who may not know these people, is to try to change their minds on people. So I would ask the people that have listened to this album, like, who is an artist on this album that you heard them for maybe the first or second time? And you're just like, you know what? That person is better than I thought they were. Or the opposite, where you think, you know what? That person's not as good as I thought they were. They kind of got out rap, they got out shine, they got outclassed. Or, you know, the opposite. They stepped up. They really, you know, put their best bars forward. Uh, for me, I think, I think the person that, I changed my opinion on the most off of, you know, two and a half, three listens is Earth Gang. I know Sierra talked about him. She kind of bigged him up big for me. And she she told me to listen to their to their albums. And I went back and I listened to one of them and I thought it was fine. But hearing them on this album, I thought they really stepped it up and, and did a better job. Um someone whose uh I guess opinion of them didn't change is Bass or Bass. I I didn't I don't think he's that great of a rapper. I think he's just kind of there. It's kind of boring. And uh, even after listening to this album, I, I, I kind of felt the same way. I was like, yeah, this guy, he's just not good enough to be on these records with some of these people. Like, he just didn't step it up. Like, there's a certain level that you have to get up to. Like, J. Cole gets to that level. J.I.D. gets to that level. Earth Gang gets to that level. Ari Lennox gets to that level. Um that just doesn't he I just don't feel like he really steps up to the plate. Um uh, a couple of observations that I, I, I did like is that there's no J. Cole produced beats. I was I was happy about that when I saw the track list. I'm like Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm good on J. Cole doing beats. Like we gotta stop lying to ourselves. He's not our Kanye West. <laughs> He's just an average producer on his best day. Uh <sighs> The best rapper on this album doesn't rap. It's Kendrick Lamar. He does like a, a, a vocal run on the very first song. I and and I I believe that there's a because he wasn't listed on the track list. He's not listed on any of the features, but he is like an uncredited vocal. There's a reason why they didn't list his name on there because expectations, you know. And he's the best rapper right now, so I can understand why they wouldn't. Put his name on there. I understand why they wouldn't put him on this album um, because you don't want someone else from a different label to be the better rapper on your, you know, collaborative album. Uh, they did a lot of like pseudo press stuff, like with Instagram, saying like, "Hey, we reached out to so and so. They're coming through the studios. All these pictures. Here's who's coming through." 
And the two people that I saw in those pictures that I that are not listed on the album are Rhapsody and Big Crit. Um, I'm kind of pissed off that Big Crit didn't make it, but if I'm J. Cole, I don't want to have a better rapper on my own album, so I get that. Uh, Rhapsody, like... I know she's coming out with an album later this uh, in August. I just wish she would just rap some more. Like I, I'm, I wish she would be out here more. I think being on a track with like you know her, J Cole, JID, something like that, where she can just really show off her lyrical ability. I think that'd have been a, a good move for her. But she didn't make the cut, I guess. But uh, I think it's a fine album. It's so it's it's fine. But uh. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of disappointed with the people that have been left off of it. Mm-mm-mm. All right, well that sounds like it is time for us to wrap it up. Um of course we always want to thank you guys for tuning in. Um no final thoughts from me, just uh be careful where you stick your tongue at. Uh especially when it comes to groceries. And that's pretty much all for me. What about yourself? No. Um, I I have lost some followers for my Michael Jackson tweets, but I stand by them. So <laughs> I, will, I don't care. Like It don't matter to me. That song is so terrible, by the way. Oh, there, there, there are times when, like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get some new followers and then I'll, you know, every now and again, I'll, I'll tweet something about Michael Jackson and then those numbers start to go down. Mm. This isn't a joke, people. Like, I stand by those tweets. I don't care if everybody else <laughs> follows me. I stand by those tweets and I will die on those hills. So, <laughs> open your eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, anyway, we're Committee Podcast. Uh, shout out to South Breeze 706. Uh, my man had to do uh, church duty today. Praise God. And uh, El Chapa is on vacation this week, so we'll have her back next week. Uh, shout out to DBNR. If I said it wrong, I apologize. Uh, we're Committee Podcast, and we are out. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Ryan McLaughlin from Don't Call This a Podcast, here to thank you for rocking with the thekidswearcrowns.com and our podcast collective. If you're liking what you hear, do us a favor and check out the website, thekidswearcrowns.com. We've got a plethora of content for you, articles, TV and movie reviews, playlists, and a collective of podcasts, which includes Don't Call This a Podcast, Sturdy Show Presents the Barbershop Podcast, Two Dope Smarks, The Committee Podcast, Pretty Petty Politics, and We Bring In Love Back. We've also got a brand new webcast called Politics As Usual, hosted by Ron and AJ. So be sure to go to thekidswearcrowns.com, subscribe if you like what you see, and follow us on Twitter at the KWC blog.